It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. It takes a lot of hard work to make it look easy. This Mother's Day, Duluth Trading Co. can help you give her something that keeps up. Whether you prefer to shop online or in-store, Duluth has a motherload of gear, goods, and gifts to keep her comfortable and capable, no matter what needs doing. With Duluth's problem-solving details and legendary durability to boot, you'll finally be mom's favorite again. Check out DuluthTrading.com for all your Mother's Day gifting needs. At KPMG, our people make the difference. Combining the power of people and technology, we uncover brighter insights, innovate bolder solutions, and create better data-driven outcomes. KPMG, make the difference. Hello and welcome to the BBC Country File magazine podcast. I'm Karis Matthews and I'm the digital editor of the magazine. For this podcast, I'm joined by bushcraft expert, survivalist, author and TV presenter Ray Mears, who is here to chat about his exciting live tour, Tales of Endurance, which kicks off in March, and chat a bit more about the countryside and what it means to him. So hi Ray, can you tell me a bit more about Wild River and what makes the river wise so special? Right. Well, the first thing is, it was nearly two years ago when I filmed it. Ah, okay. <laughs> so it's not fresh in my memory. I've been all over the place since then. Um, it was amazing to do. We followed the, the Y to the, the Seven, basically, from its, from its source to the Seven, which was really neat. Um, it's a great opportunity to see a river. Rivers, of course, are life in the countryside, but to see how the mood changes from, you know, this tiny little giggling trickle up in the mountains to this uh, majestic um, OAP that meets the seven. It's, it's, really, it's really something special. And um, do you have a favourite place in Britain that you like to explore? Oh, of course, but I'm not telling you where it is. <laughs> and why is that? Because you don't want lots of people to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Fair Everyone enough. has to find their own special place. That's very true. And um, thinking about the outdoors and going to visit wild places, why do you think that's so important, um, and in particular for children? Why is it so important? It's important for all ages. And, um, of course, it's very important for children because they, they should learn about their homeland, uh, about themselves. Um, this is really important, about nature. I think this is a critical part of every human being's education. Um, I worry when I see, you know, government talk about fracking in national parks. It makes me wonder, well, were those politicians properly schooled in nature as children? Because there should be some things that are sacrosanct. Um, we'll see what happens. But I think it's very important that children are properly educated to understand nature, to feel that it, they are a part of it, that it's a part of them. Um, and that it's their birthright. I think that's tremendously important. But not just children. I think it's very important to understand there are people much older in life who haven't had that opportunity, and you're never too late to start. You're never too old to start to learn about nature, to go to wild places. 
Very true. And uh, thinking about fracking, um, do you think that's one of the biggest issues in um, rural issue at the moment? I think it's a huge gamble. I don't trust any of the people involved. I watched some chat on television saying he was part of an independent inquiry, but by the way, I was paid by the companies involved. Well, I mean, that's just a nonsense, isn't it? I mean, you can't possibly be paid and be impartial. I don't believe anybody is capable of that. If you're going to, if the government's going to have a really impartial inquiry, then let them appoint someone who's truly impartial. Um, what worries me, I'm not saying that fracking is going to damage the countryside. What worries me is that we don't truly know. And we are gambling with something very beautiful and very special in a very small island for is what is probably a short-term game. And I, I wonder whether that's really worth it. Mm, sure. Okay, well, we've just got um, a couple of questions from our readers, if that's okay. Um, Uh-oh. The difficult one. Now the difficult ones. Go on. <laughs> okay, so uh, Kevin Holmes has asked, um, has there ever been an expedition where you thought you were in real danger of injury or worse? It happens quite often. It doesn't even have to be a really big expedition. That can be on a smaller, on a much smaller scale. Um, even when we're, even recently making films in Australia, there were, there were a few moments like that. And you have to be constantly doing your risk assessment. Um, risk assessment isn't just a piece of paper that's produced prior to you know an event. It's something that's ongoing. You have to be thinking about these things constantly the whole time. Um, you know, you make a plan, and uh, the wind has changed, and the tide hasn't dropped as much as you'd anticipated. It's a whole new set of circumstances than you originally planned for. So you have to adapt, and this is really important. Um, so yes, there have been many occasions, um, you, but afterwards you you forget them because you move on to the next thing. You ju- you just get on with the job. So do you think it's very important people teach themselves or learn some basic survival skills um, before visiting remote and wild places? Yes, I do. I don't. I think there is a danger because the way tabloid press treat the subject of I mean survival is a, is a is not something I, a word you see me use very often. Um, I, okay, so I normally teach what's, what we call bushcraft, which is the long hand. Survival is the short hand of that subject. That's something that I might uh, talk to people in the military about because they have a very short amount of time to acquire important information. Um, survival is very important. Anyone going into remote places should have a knowledge of survival. Usually they don't have as much uh, knowledge on that subject as they like to think they do. Um, you know, it doesn't come along with the rucksack and the tornado-proof cagoule that you buy in the outdoor shop. There's a whole range of knowledge that you should have to keep yourself safe, from very, very basic stuff to quite advanced stuff. I think people get put off of the subject because the way the tabloid handle it, it becomes a kind of like a Mickey Mouse outdoor knowledge, and that's a real shame because survival training has saved many lives around the world and will continue to do so for those who have, have got the training. Okay, great. Thank you. And um, one last question uh, we'd like to feature in our spring issue. Um, thinking about spring, is there one thing that excites you about the start of the spring season? I love spring. That is, I like every season. Um, spring to me is, is the beginning of my year in a strange way because the growth starts again and my work is so involved with plants. 
that I really look forward to that season. The things that I look forward to most is the first flush of edible greens on the forest floor. Before the canopy sets, you get a, uh, we get, get a carpet of green edible herbs, uh, golden saxifrage and things of that nature that, that grow on the forest floor in that first light that bathes the forest floor. And there's this natural cycle. And that's something our ancestors would have looked forward to. And I feel that myself. It's lovely to make a salad early in the spring with the first few greens um, and maybe some, some flowers in there as well. Um, that's lovely. And of course, after a few weeks, the canopy starts to set, shadows fall on the forest floor and it all changes. And um, how about um, your new um, roadshow, Tales of Endurance? Could you tell me a little bit about that? Basically, I'm going to tell uh, some astonishing stories of things that human successes and failures that humans in difficult circumstances um there will be an, an opportunity to explain some useful tips and skills that can help to keep us safe things we should know that very often we don't know um and towards the end i'm going to tell some stories which are truly heartrending of incredible uh, circumstances that people have overcome um, or faced and not been able to overcome. Um, but they're stories that we should know, stories we should remember, and people we should remember as well. They're quite emotional. <laughs> so what, um, can you tell me a little about the people who feature on the show? Is that I all? can't. I don't want to give that away. Ah, okay. So we need and to and there's a good up. reason for that, is that if someone got hold of it, and what tends to happen is the press get hold of something like that, and then they do their own research, and they come, they put two and two together and get five. Um, I, when I look at these stories, I take a view of, uh, of them as a professional who's been teaching people to travel in remote places and to, to endure for over 30 years. And I want to draw spe- specific things from these stories. They're not picked at random. Okay, brilliant. Well, thanks very much for your time. I think that's um, everything we wanted to ask. I've asked your questions. Yes, that's lovely. Thank you very much. <laughs> <All> <laughs> and right, good nice. luck with your show.